once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Three. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. I am Curtis and I'm here with my co-host Aaliyah and we are here today talking with Flight of Icarus from Metal Trenches, a blog and a YouTube channel and he also does TikTok. We're going to be talking about <laughs> him about a billion different things uh, in the next 40 minutes and uh, we're going to find out some interesting stuff I'm sure. So with that, thank you very much for joining us and over to Aaliyah for the first question. Yes, thank you for joining us. Flight of Icarus, can you give us a little nutshell version of who you are and what you do in the metal realms? Yeah, cool. And first of all, apologies in advance. There will be interruptions, most likely with my kids at home. But uh, yeah, I started by, it was just the site initially. Like I kind of got interested in, um, I kind of had a lull at work at one point, maybe like five, six years ago, and I had some spare time and I, I started exploring more on certain metal websites and they had all these options to kind of like create your own reviews on like metal archives and things like that. So I started dabbling in that. And then my friend who just happens to be in computer programming was like, what if I just like built you your own site and then you could do whatever you wanted? And I was like, well, that sounds rad. So, I mean, I started doing the site and really my mission statement from the beginning was like there are so many amazing underground metal bands out there that you just don't hear about and I was starting to hear about it within these groups and was like how can I like get the word out more on that kind of stuff so started with just the written reviews and then over time I got interested in listening to a lot of podcasts and I was like hey I could start a podcast so I slowly kind of like built that up and did a lot of interviews and that was fun. I wish I had more time to do those, but that's just much more coordination. And then slowly I just started, since I started putting the podcast on YouTube, I was like, what if I just started like messing around with some video content too? And so there was a slow evolution of first, it was just like no face cam. And it was just me kind of like talking over a screen and doing like a tier list or something or making a review that just had like images popping up on screen. And then eventually figuring out how to get the face cam working and the lighting right and like all that kind of stuff. And the YouTube channel is great. Like that's my favorite thing now to really focus in on because there's just so many options to expand my audience. And in effect, by doing that, then build up the audience for these smaller groups that I'm trying to push out there. So really, ultimately, like that's that's the main thing that I'm always hyper focused on is how do I get the word out to as many people as possible about these smaller, talented groups that I'm enjoying their albums from and make sure other people are checking them out as well. Can I follow up, Aaliyah? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so just really quickly on that. So you also do a lot of bigger bands on your site too. So how do you kind of do that balance there? So that way you still get the hits, but you can still kind of focus on the other bands. Yeah, and that's, that's tied into, you know, something that we we were just talking about before we started here is strategizing like the most effective way to do that so i was saying in, in and i experimented with this too because what i used to do with the written reviews is i'd just cover whatever i wanted and i put up my written review and then it would go out into the ether and what would happen would happen but the cool thing about youtube is as much as i bemoan it sometimes there's this whole algorithmic system 
that it works on, right? But I can work that to my advantage. And so I've been learning a lot from a lot of YouTube channels on like, how do you read the algorithm and utilize your analytics to like kind of make it work for you. And one of the big mantras that some of these channels use is take what's known and like apply your niche to what's already known to get your thing out there. And so that's why I kind of started, you'll notice, especially over this past year, I've been covering a lot more big releases, even bands that I didn't used to really cover. Like I just did a dream theater review today. I had I never actually, it. yeah, I had never actually listened to a full dream theater album until this one was coming out, but I've been having fun. Like one, it adds to like my knowledge base. Cause it gives me an excuse to be like, okay, I'm going to deep dive here and do a tier list and, you know, explore the entire discography of this band as a newcomer. But then also it gives me the opportunity then to put out this big review that I know a lot of people will watch, that the algorithm will push, that a lot of people will see in search because they're looking for this thing. And then either embedded within the review or through like end screens of saying like, okay, and now like you should check out this other thing. Like that gives me an opportunity then to push, push the smaller group to that bigger audience. Because when I used to do, I started by just doing what I was doing with the written site. I would do a single review of a really small band. And you know, guess what? Like maybe if I was lucky, a hundred people would watch it. And even with my sub count now, which is much higher than it was then, I'll be lucky sometimes if I can get 250, 350 views and that's good. But I want thousands of people to see these things. So if I can do a review of dream theater and you know shoot for like 5000 reviews and then kind of convert those viewers over now to other stuff that they haven't heard of then that can that that is where i'm at right now like that's what i'm hyper focused on in terms of you know that's what excites me about like how can i kind of play with this system and make it fun and that's like the fun thing about the algorithm to me when i'm not getting pissed off at it <laughs> it's like you know how do i how do I strategize? One of my favorite things to do too, is I've got a video series that I do on and off called bands like, and I'll literally just do, I'll take a big band and then I'll come up with like five or so bands that kind of sound like that band. And so the title will be like bands, like every time I die. Yep. And so that'll show up in search for the big audience for every time I die. And I can even push it to those like Facebook groups or Reddit groups or whatever. And they'll see the big name, but then they click on it. And now they're being fed these five other bands that they wouldn't have otherwise heard of. And those are my favorite comments to get to. Like nothing makes my day better than when I get like that one or two comments from people who are like, dude, this band is so rad. I'd never heard of them before. Like, thank you for, uh, you know, bringing them to my attention. Like that's, that's what it's all about for me. So I got two more follow-ups and all the Leah talk, but I just, I just <laughs> got to ask these two questions, which is number one. Uh, so well, this is kind of a statement. What you're doing is kind of like subliminal messaging in a way, because you're trying a little bit. <laughs> um, but okay, so you want the thousands and thousands and thousands of views. Is your end product kind of like you want to get ad revenue and stuff like that, or are you looking at something else? I mean, I'm looking at both because at the end of the okay. day, this takes time, right? You know, yeah. putting these videos together, and people don't, people who are watching don't realize this a lot of the time. But like, if I put up a five minute review that's potentially hours of work. Yeah. I mean, cause it takes time to listen to the album enough to get my thoughts together. I got to write up those thoughts, put it together in a script, visualize what the video is going to look like. And then I got to download all those elements, edit it all together and 
you know, it, it takes time. And so at the end of the day, you know, the other mantra is if you're good at something, get paid for it. So yeah, absolutely. Like at the same time, I want to promote these bands. And if I can get paid for it along the way, then great. So that's another thing, you know, I've been focused on is like, how do I maximize the ad revenue in the process as well, which has been improving. It's still, you know, pretty small potatoes right now, but I'm seeing it day after day kind of like go up and up and up. And so that's, that's, of course, that's factored in for sure. Fair. Cool. I'm done on that, Olya. All right. <laughs> Well, cool. Can we ask about how you sort of formed your identity as Flight of Icarus and where your <laughs> visual look came from? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And um, I get a lot of mixed reactions too. Uh, you know, some people really love it and other people immediately click off. And like, that's also a very common, like if somebody doesn't like what I have to say, one of the first go-to comments is like, nice mask idiot or whatever I'm like okay <laughs> good one I haven't heard that before mm. but it really just formed sort of out of necessity really because I wanted I was recognizing that I wasn't going to go well I was going to say I wasn't going to go as far without face cam because I feel like generally those channels do better but that's not always true there are some really great channels out there that I love watching um, there's one called the right opinion that kind of like digs into sort of like history of some YouTuber that got canceled and like all this stuff that went down and he only uses like a, a cartoon avatar to represent himself and does a lot of editing and stuff to make it entertaining in another way. So you can do it without face cam, but at the end of the day, people like to cling on to like a person and a face and a personality. And so I was like, okay, I really think that'll help me kind of grow this thing. But I also didn't want to run into like a privacy thing in the process because Ultimately, you know, some of the bands that I cover, and I'll even cover some of the more controversial ones, so to speak, you know, people have opinions about that, right? And sometimes they'll, they'll take it out on you. And I work in mental health in my, in my main line of work, too. And so some of the people I work with kind of know generally what I do, but I'd also be concerned about, like, if the wrong family we're working with or the wrong person in management or whatever like saw my face attached to talking about some like suicidal black metal album would they get the wrong idea you mm -hmm. know because sometimes people are a little close-minded about that it's like I think I can promote this music as a positive even if the music sounds very negative it's like I you know a lot of my work is around like preventing suicide and those numbers are sky high right now but I don't want somebody to look at the video and and Think that that's not the case that i don't care about that or something so i was like okay how can i get on camera but do so in a way that still promotes my privacy and i was just like i'll just i'll, I'll wear a mask i can't remember exactly where i got that idea from but i went to the halloween store and eventually found this one and kind of modified it slightly and just like put together a whole look with the hat and everything and flight of icarus was born and the name just comes from that's been my xbox live tag since college so <laughs> just kind of like stuck with it and it works too on a metal front because i i made the name because of mythology like i was yeah. a big mythology nerd and so mine was tied directly to the idea of icarus you know flying too close to the sun and mm -hmm. uh you know falling down in flames that whole story always interests me but then I started getting all these people commenting, oh, is that the Iron Maiden song? And I was like, well, that that's just a happy accident, actually. Absolutely. I wasn't even aware of that song when I made the, the tag. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where uh, the whole thing came from. Cool. Curtis, do you have a follow-up on that? I do. Um, okay. okay, so 
this is kind of a goofy question, so bear with me on this. How uncomfortable is it to wear that mask the entire time? <laughs> well, especially for longer form stuff like that, it's, it's it's not fun. Like, you know, you can you can also like listen to old interviews with uh like Corey Taylor from Slipknot and stuff talking about performing in in some of the masks over the years and how sweaty and disgusting. Like, yeah. I I can relate to that. Luckily, I'm not on stage like jumping around and getting like super yeah. into it, but you know, to wear this thing for a length of time. It also has like the divots in it. Like there's one right here. I take this thing off and I have a big red like divot in my forehead <laughs> every time after wear it. It gets sweaty. If I'm working on a review too, and I'm like messing, if I'm flubbing my lines more, I just start to like feel more and more sweat inside of it. And yeah, it's not, it's not the best thing. And at the end of the day, too, I do wonder sometimes, like, I think I probably would grow more without it because, again, people like eye contact. People like to yep. associate, like, a real face with something. And I, I've even had people comment that, like, dude, I like your reviews, but I just can't. I just can't with the mask. Like, I, looking at you, I just feel stupid watching it. And I'm like, that's fair. Like, I, I can understand that. And then I've had other people luckily come back, though, and be like, dude, I, I couldn't handle the mask for a while. but you know, I, I just liked your content so much that I ended up subscribing anyways, which is like, that's, that's great. But I do think that um, it would be nice to not have to do it. There are upsides too, though. Like I don't have to worry about like looking disheveled that particular day, or like if I'm looking pale or if I'm gaining some weight or whatever, it helps kind of mask all that. So I can just throw on the mask and just kind of be somebody else for a little while and, and do my thing. I hope you have air conditioning in your office when you <laughs> that would go fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily too, my lights are LED, so they don't give off a ton of heat. But initially they were regular bulbs. So that that was another thing I had to kind of work through was like, how do I get the lighting right, but also not be just dying in this thing? Yeah. And when it's also like a half thing too, so it couldn't be that it's not yeah. as bad for Taylor thing too. Yeah, that was that was another very calculated decision. I was like, I need something. And I also didn't want it to muffle my voice too, because right. audio quality is kind of like the biggest thing in terms of, they say yeah. audio quality is better than video quality. So I wanted to make sure I still came through clear. Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. done on my All right. Yeah, I think that's true for me because I know a lot of times I'll pull up a YouTube video. I won't even be watching it. I'll be listening to it the whole time. And so definitely the audio quality is important. Yeah um let's move on to asking about how you decide what albums and artists to feature on your channel and your website so it's kind of two-pronged now luckily i have some help too because um chris who also writes reviews on the site um chris dahlberg he's been really great he's been around since um we used to both write reviews for transcending obscurity back before because they're a label still but they used to also have like a webzine and there was a whole team of us kind of writing for that and chris and i were both on that and then they closed that down and chris was kind of like not really doing anything he's a great writer and a great reviewer and he's actually been doing this longer than me so i was like dude if you want to just like throw your stuff on metal trenches go for it like your stuff is fine so i'm not going to micromanage you and you can cover whatever you want so that helps because we can cover a broader spectrum because he definitely does a lot more black metal than I do and some more kind of like traditional heavy metal sounding stuff and things I wouldn't normally cover. And so we can kind of, can, we can kind of divide and conquer in that way. 
Um, as for me, I mean, it really just comes down to <laughs> lately, I've been picturing it as like this big three part Venn diagram. It's like one circle is what am I most excited to talk about? And then there's what does my audience say they want to hear about? And then what is the broader audience most interested in, like even outside of my subscriber base? And I look at that little place in the middle and I'm like, how do I figure out how to get in there? And it can happen in a number of different ways. Like sometimes there are bands that initially I have zero interest in. Like the most recent one was uh, Ice Nine Kills. Like I had a lot of people in my audience being like, review Ice Nine Kills, review Ice Nine Kills. And I was shocked at like how many people in my sub count like were really interested in hearing about it because I checked out some singles. And to be frank, I thought it was just terrible. Like I did, I did not like it at all. It was definitely not my style, but I was like, okay, they really want to hear about it. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep giving it a shot. And then eventually like some ideas started forming of like, okay, I don't like this, but I have a lot to say about it. And I'm really excited to say those things. Yeah. So then I started to develop this script or, around talking about, you know, why I don't like it basically. And trying to, I always try to walk that line too of like, at the end of the day, these artists are all people too. Like I get a lot of bands commenting on my videos and coming to me and talking to me. And so I've even had times in the past where I have done like a really negative review. And then I didn't feel good about it because the band saw it and commented on it. And they were usually nice, but I'm also like, oh man, it must not feel good to like put a ton of work into something. And, and using Ice Nine Kills as an example, again, like they're talented guys. Like the singer has a great voice. They know how to play. They're pretty adept songwriters. They're doing some really interesting stuff. It's just at the end of the day, there are things I have issue with. So I always try to walk that line of, I just don't want to be mean, but I want to be honest and I want to be entertaining in the process too. So my goal with that one too is like, how can I present this information in a way that even people who love this band can kind of like laugh and just enjoy this with me. And a lot of people got mad. You learn a lot about fan bases from this too, like, but we even did like a toxic fan base tier list recently, which was kind of fun, kind of ranking which fan bases kind of have the best responses. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of them were mad, um, but uh, there were, it was worth it to me that there were a handful of people that are like, dude, I love this album. I think it's great, but I totally respect your opinion. And this part of the video like really made me laugh. I was like, that that's exactly what I was shooting for. Right. Um, and, and again, it also like gives me an opportunity to kind of brush up on stuff that I'm not as familiar with and offer a different perspective on it. So really, ultimately, it comes down to no matter what, it has to be something that I'm just interested in talking about, whether I like it or not. Generally, it is going to be something I like, but it's, it's mostly just going to be, you know, do I have enough to say about this? Because there are plenty of bands out there where I listen to it and I'm like, I have literally nothing, <laughs> like nothing to share on this one. So I'm not going to agonize my way through it and fake it. I want it to be genuine. And so there's a lot of that. And then also, again, that factor of like, what's also going to push the channel forwards and give me more momentum so that I can share out the bands I really want to sing the praises of to a, a broader audience. And I'm just looking for that intersection. So again, this, this week was lucky because there was a bunch of that, like Dream Theater came out, Fortunately, I love Every Time I Die and they've got a good fan base. So I'm, I was able to do two videos for that. I've got the tier list coming for that. I'm doing the Dream Theater tier list, which is going to be fun. And then um, Cradle of Filth, too. So um, yeah. 
Yeah. So lots, lots of good stuff to work with there, but some weeks are harder. Like in November, there's a lot coming out, but a lot of it is more underground. So um, another thing I'm toying with now is I've been doing best of the month, which has been doing well. And so now I've been toying with like best of the week. Why not? Let's just try it and see if more people will watch that. And then I can share even more bands in a single video to, to a larger number of people than if it had just been a standalone review of one thing. I got a follow-up. I got Go a sort of, kind of a follow-up to that. I have a question after my follow-up though. Um, and I, I know I'm hogging the time, but I got to ask this. So, okay, so is part of the strategy, and I hope it is, but let me know if it's not, um, with doing these roundups and stuff to try to get more people to share the post so that way you get more traffic? Yeah, I. that's been less of my strategy lately, but it definitely helps and I'm definitely conscious of that. That, that was a big strategy for the written reviews because that's that was kind of the only way to get it out. So it's like the more bands per video, the more potential bands I have to share it. Yep. Um, with YouTube, it's a little different because honestly, the algorithm does most, most of the work. I'm, I'm mostly hyper-focused on that. I'm, I'm dependent on like, how do I get this, this code <laughs> to promote this to the largest group of people as possible? Mm -hmm. um, and then, <clears throat> you know, on the side too, I'm still sending it to all the bands on the list in the hopes that they will share it as well. But unfortunately, and you probably well know this, you know, social media cross-platform sharing is just like, almost not even worth it now because every platform yeah. now has kind of locked it down so that if it takes them off and I get it from a business standpoint, you want to keep people on your platform. Yeah. So, you know, I don't do a ton of like effort into that anymore. Cause I even look at my analytics and it tells me how many people came from external sources. And it even tells me like which ones, and that accounts for such a minuscule amount of my audience that it's like almost not worth it, but I'll still do it just because sometimes that'll bring in new eyes and new potential subscribers that wouldn't have caught me otherwise. Fair. So just as a forewarning, you guys, about 10 minutes left. Um, but I'm too fast. <laughs> we, it, we've been talking a while already, believe it or not. Um, we'll have to have you back. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll have to. Uh, but I have a burning question. So why don't you do premieres in order to get traffic to your site like everyone else and their dog does? <laughs> we've tried that a little bit but honestly for us it just it just hasn't been effective like it hasn't been an effective strategy um i even tried doing some like you know literally premiere a song on the youtube channel but and i've learned that that's actually a bad idea because it confuses youtube because youtube mm. wants to know are you a, a like a vlog channel or are you a music channel and so if you start to confuse that, then the systems doesn't know who to promote you to. And then mm -hmm. also you'll get people who, you know, maybe just subscribe because they want more music. And then when you keep sharing non-music content, then they don't watch the video. And that ends up, the more your subscribers get shared your stuff and they don't click on it, that really like kills your video and you don't want that. So I try to just keep as hyper-focused on like, how do I stay within my lane and my format? And it's already kind of a problem on my channel because I get bored. And so I do a lot of different, like I do the tier lists, I do the album reviews, I do the roundups, I do best of Bandcamp. 
you're better off actually just sticking with one. Like my channel would honestly do better if I only did reviews or I only did tier lists because I have certain sects of my audience that only want that one thing. So they may only like tier lists. And when I put out a review, they're ignoring it, which hurts the review or vice versa. So um, for any burgeoning YouTube people out there, like the better you can like stick to a very specific format, the better you'll do because all of your subscribers are coming to you for that specific thing. And if you continue feeding that, then they're happy. Interesting. I'll let Aaliyah go since we only got like nine minutes left or eight minutes left. Well, I can go into my uh, question about, um, no, I just want to say real quick, that's such an interesting insight because I do notice people that I follow on YouTube making second channels, making third channels based on themes. And I'm like, why do you do that? Why don't you just have it all on one channel? Because I'm the type of person, if I follow somebody, I watch everything that they do pretty much. But Same. it's interesting to know that. And now I understand. So, yep, that's that's exactly why they do it. Like, I've even been like, should I have like a tier list only channel and like a review only channel? But for me, ultimately, with my workload, I'm just like, no, I'd, I'm just going to take the hit and I'll just keep doing it the way I've been doing it. Right. But if you were to only do one type of video on this channel, on Metal Trenches channel, what is the type of video that is most viewed? That's a, that's a tough question. I think the most popular ones, if you like, if you go into my videos and you sort by most popular, the tier list by far tend mm. to be uh, the most viewed, which makes sense in a way because tier lists are ever, there's this term evergreen content on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like this idea that like that video will be relevant forever. Like there's no end date to it. And so a tier list is evergreen content because people far out like years from now may still be interested in hearing somebody talk through an entire discography of a band whereas an album review is very like you got to catch the wave with it is the way I always say it like by by the Wednesday after it comes out people don't even care anymore like it's not even yeah. worth doing and so the reviews like whatever views I get within the first week basically like that's where that video is going to stand Whereas with the tier list, those are growers and, and also the like bands like. So I try to mix it up. That's why I wouldn't want to do only reviews. Um, and I like doing some of that other stuff. But yeah, the tier lists are definitely, and they're fun to do. Like I've always, that was actually the first thing I did. I did a tier list on uh, new metal bands, which is still the, almost embarrassingly, the highest viewed video on the channel. Yeah. And it's got no face cam. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that, that that was your highest viewed video. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's not even a particularly good video, but it's a popular topic and it just struck a chord and it got caught up in the algorithm. But yeah, it's funny because there's no face cam. My energy is not there yet in terms of my delivery, but um, maybe I I've been planning on, I'll probably do like a sequel at some point with uh, upping the production value and everything. I do love talking some new metal because that's where it kind of all got started for me. But sure. yeah, that's if I were to stick- Our generation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how that shifted now. Like even when I've interviewed other bands, you know, that used to be a bad word, but I'll interview, you know, a really intense death metal band. Like I remember I was interviewing, um, oh, there's been a few, but um, the, the vocalist from Abnormality. Mm. And we got on this whole tangent about like Deftones in high school and, and like Mudvayne and all this kind of stuff. It's like, that's, that's the generation now that we're seeing on stage as people who grew up with that. So it's kind of neat to see that dynamic shift. Yeah. Real quick. 
I know we are running out of time, but do you ever get pitched by bands or um, by PRs or anything? Like they share my like, stuff out? Like, are you on any email lists? Oh, I'm, so I'm like, on. For your, for oh, your like, do, do I have people share my stuff via their email list? Is that what you're asking? I'm asking, do people ask you for reviews specifically? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on a lot of PR lists. And um, yeah, there's certain ones that I, I really have better relationships with, which is which is always fun to kind of grow those. And so oftentimes, I think uh, certain ones will reach out to me and I, they don't say it, but I can usually tell like, the the writing on the wall with that is usually like hey this band is not like the big sites aren't really like taking this one up could could you kind of help us out a little bit here so and that's kind of what i'm trying to do so i try to do that as much as i can and then i get a lot of band requests which is where why i started doing the best of band camp segment where i can literally just sit there for like it's so cool because that started off as just like a little like 10 15 minute thing but people kept asking like more and more and more and so now it's literally just me sitting for an hour having not even listened to the band yet and just like on Bandcamp listening to these random underground groups and responding and just giving my overall thoughts and the fact that that's become viable content because it's people don't usually like the longer stuff but the the last two or three episodes of that despite being almost almost an hour almost have a thousand views and that was like unheard of in the beginning of the channel so I'm really excited to continue to to grow that and I'm getting more and more band requests so the, the only hard thing now is that I have to say no more often <laughs> and just be okay with that so it's just too much mm -hmm. Curtis yeah I have a random thing um unless I'm crazy I don't recall seeing you do many or any re interview is there a reason behind that or am I losing my mind I've been doing less lately because it's the coordination piece, which is tough. Like I have a very limited window when I record and oftentimes yeah. I don't know what that window is going to be. Like I've got kids, I've got a full-time job, I've got all sorts of stuff going on. And so it's very like kind of fly by night around here. So I basically record just if, I, if I'm just like, you know, oh, the kids are gone. Like I'm going to sit down now and immediately like at least get the recording in for this thing I want to do. And so that doesn't lend itself well to interviews, unfortunately, because I need to like coordinate that and we need to set a time. And, and I just, oftentimes I just don't know when it's going to be. So I've been doing a lot less of that, which is a bummer because I really enjoy talking to the bands. I've had so many cool conversations. One of my favorites is I did like a three hour with the guy from Sludge. And mm. he told me his whole thing about like being in a, in a sanitarium basically for a couple of years because oh, wow. like he had like a psychotic break and oh, wow. uh just all these interesting people i've met and i get to hear their stories i was really hoping to do one with uh pedram from uh frontier this month but the stars just haven't really been aligning plus it doesn't help that he's in scotland so we're on completely different time zones too and it just adds an extra level of dynamic so at one point i would like to kind of do those more but it just hasn't been feasible lately fair enough um i think we got time for a short 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 last one Louis. <laughs> uh, if you want to give something short short what can can we talk a short short amount of time about your abc's of black metal book oh yeah that's right i forgot we were even going to go there yeah that was a uh, man it's hard to talk about that in short um that was around the time that i was starting the site and I had that spare time 
And I don't even remember exactly where I got the idea, but I I just was like, well, wouldn't it be cool to I was digging back into like black metal history again, too, because it's so interesting. And I was like, what if there was like a children's version telling the story of like the history of black metal, more or less. And so I just I'm not even really like an artist, but I just kind of went through and I found images that really kind of spoke to me and I figured out what each letter was going to be and I just kind of sketched them out really low effort just like pencil sketches and then I put them I scanned them in and I put like really high contrast and had them all blown out I'm like in a way this works because black metal super DIY lo-fi so I'm just gonna make it that style and um yeah I just kind of like threw it together here's my interruption (laughs) thank you um and I just kind of threw it together and um uh, one of the cool things was uh that metal sucks actually shared it too and i'll I'll be totally transparent i am i've not been a card carrying fan of metal sucks in in general there's a lot of things i feel like they do on their site that i'm not a big personal fan of if you like it that's fine um but it was cool that uh i just sent it to like their department on a lark and uh they picked it up and they ended up sharing it and i ended up uh getting a bunch of people picking it up. I would like to make it into like a physical thing at some point because it's just digital right now, but I just haven't figured out a really good way to do that. I, I want to get into merch in general too, but I just, that that's all stuff that I haven't even really been able to commit time to. Mm. Well, I would definitely like to see some more Metal Trenches merch. Um, Curtis, do you have anything else? I don't. I was kind of looking at the Metal Sucks article while you guys were talking just to see it out of the corner of my eye, so I kind of lost track of what you guys were talking about. But uh, we've run out of time. Do you have any final words you would like to say, Flight of Icarus? Um, just thank you for having me on. This was really fun, and it's always exciting and kind of surreal when people reach out to me. Like, And even like that Metal Sucks article, like seeing my artwork on their big site, like that was kind of like, whoa, like this could be something. And, and then being able to you know, go on other people's channels and talk to people on their podcasts. It's something I'd, I'd love to do more of too, but mainly, you know, for people out there who are interested, you can just search metal trenches in YouTube and find me there. That's where the bulk of the content is. And then metaltrenches.com, You can find all sorts of written reviews and stuff too. only subscribe. If you actually are interested in like continuously watching content, don't, don't subscribe as a, as like a, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, as a courtesy thing. Because again, if, you, if you're subscribed and you don't watch, that actually does more damage than good. So if, if you're interested in like going on this journey with us, we have a Discord too, which has been really fun to kind Ooh. of build a community there. And yes. we're in there every day. That Me and a bunch of other YouTubers. So like the Metal Meltdown, um, Forge Ooh. Master Metal Reviews, Pair of Jeans. We're all in there chatting up, having a good time, talking some shit sometimes too. And it's, yeah, it's, it's fun cool stuff so with that Aliyah, bring us home all right everyone until next time make like a bull and throw those horns up <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice you can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about thanks for listening to c squared